0: This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence.
1: Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the spectators' daily and sometimes twice daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Harbin and I'm joined by James Forsyth and Katie Balls. We're on the roof of Parliament and we've had the result of the vote of confidence in Boris Johnson, with 211 Conservative MPs voting for the Prime Minister, saying they have confidence in him, and 148 saying they do not. James, what does this mean?
0: This is a bad result for Boris Johnson. He has done worse in percentage terms than Therese May did in 2018, and we all know how that ended up for her. And I think with over 40% of Tory MPs having voted against him, he is in a very difficult position. He's in a particularly difficult position because it is hard to see where the good news is coming for him. There are two by-elections coming up later this month where the Tories are expected to lose and may well lose by an even bigger margin than Tory MPs expect, which could create some panic. Indeed, I think if you look at these results, if this kind of uprising, which was kind of organic rather than organised, had had the strategic patience to wait until after these by-elections, it may well have succeeded in, un- in unhorsing him outright. The second problem for Boris Johnson is but the, the kind of source of his wo- the woes, which is party kind of Partygate and all that, is not going away. There is another investigation this time by the Privileges Committee of House of Commons to come. And I think we are now in a world where there'll be constant speculation about whether the 1922 Committee will change the rules to allow another vote within a year. They almost did that with Theresa May, and that was one of the reasons that, that she resigned. And I think we are probably in a world now where the most likely outcome is another confidence vote a few months from now, perhaps after the Privileges Committee report. And so I think this is a bad result for Boris Johnson. You know, he gave a role uh, in a clip just now. He said, "Look, we can now talk exclusively about the government's agenda." Well, I, I don't think I don't mean there is anyone who genuinely thinks that that is what people are going to be exclusively talking about from now on. And I mean there is also a problem for the Tory Party as a whole, not just Boris Johnson, which is you know, Keir Starmer now has a very easy line on Wednesday when the Tory benches try and cheer Boris Johnson. He goes, oh, "Don't cheer. We know that 40 percent of you don't have confidence in him." Come on, who's got? Confidence Confidence in the Prime Minister. Put your hands up, you know. Who voted against him? And I just think this is going to be a problem for the Tories because the public don't vote for divided parties.
1: Katie, James mentioned the clip that the Prime Minister did from Downing Street. Uh, he seemed either to have an extremely bad cold or be quite emotional. What was your reading?
2: I think he just seemed very flustered. Uh, I think that you're looking at that clip, as uh, you said Boris Johnson saying, oh, we can now do all these things. It felt as though perhaps it was a statement they had come up with. Before they knew the figures. It was and remarkably
1: a, similar to the briefing sheet, actually, wasn't it, that was sent exactly. out. And it's
2: yeah. the lines to take, which is, you know, we have bigger issues to focus on. We shouldn't be talking about parties. This is largely the media, is the insinuation blowing this out of proportion. And it felt as though, in a way, it slightly reminded me of Theresa May, Nothing Has Changed, in the sense that it was as though they were reading what I think I think had he got below a hundred, you could have maybe had that type of statement, which is We have shown that, yes, this is a group within the Tory party, but the majority back me. Now that's focused on other things. Whereas that result is just... Far too slim. I mean, if you speak to Boris Johnson allies, they—they they, I think that's a much worse result than they expected. And you begin to wonder how did you get there? And I do think one of the, the most striking things today is there just hasn't seemed to be in very tight operation. I think that when Theresa May had her confidence vote, which she fared better in than Boris Johnson, in a way it doesn't massively surprise me because the. When Theresa May had the confidence vote, it felt as though it was all hands on deck. It felt like there was a tight operation. It felt like you had a group in a room knocking on, through all the phones, going through. And today, it just felt very loose. And you add to that, that not just today, but the past week on recess, as we were talking about earlier, it's felt as though since the shadow whipping operation, which was successful earlier this year, we can give them that credit. Um, Since it was wound down because you had figures such as members of moving to government, so Chris Eaton Harris, Chris Pinscher, and others, since they moved into government you have a situation by which it was almost as though you didn't need the separate operation. I think today we've seen that, that it was and I had one former minister say to me that ahead of this vote that they thought it hadn't been a tighten off operation and actually it was going to lose about 10 20 votes which you potentially could have saved and I think for Boris Johnson it still wouldn't mean a good result if it was 20 fewer but it potentially, I'm um, doing math maths in my head here, but that would have been a better result than Theresa May, which would have been important if you had 20 fewer votes. 133 three
0: was what he needed to, 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 to keep the numbers below 133 three to, to outperform Exactly, so result.
2: so actually just shaving it down a bit, which I think, speaking to lots of MPs today, he said he was, they were surprised they hadn't been contacted by anyone. Um, they were saying, it's odd, I thought I might be offered something. Now, we can talk about the cynical, cynical nature of that. But <laughs> or whether there they, they deserve one. Of, I haven't had a charm offence You do think actually they could have shaved it down to a point where it still would have been bad, but at least there'd be a bit more of a line to take rather than what they're having to go with, which is saying, well, we did better than our leadership, which I don't think anyone is taking particularly seriously.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things about the Conservative Party is it it does often function a bit like a sort of 14-year-old's disco where people get very upset if someone doesn't look at them. And that's always been the case, you know, under David Cameron. It was the case under Theresa May that people felt if they weren't being lavished enough attention, they'd get very upset. And I think we've all spoken today to backbenchers who who feel offended, not just that they haven't been offered some, you know, envoy role or something, but also actually that no one's bothered to call them up or call them into a meeting or anything like that, that they they haven't had the, well, the attention that they were expecting in this sort of last-minute bid to, to shave off the numbers, as you say. James, Theresa May was in a ball gown as as she went to vote. It must be bringing up some quite uh, interesting memories for her of her own vote... In terms of what happens over the next few days, there are rumours that there might be uh, ministerial resignations on the cards. Are you expecting that?
0: Yeah, although I think these are probably more likely after the by-elections coming up later this month on the 23rd of June. I think there is, a, there is also a broader structural danger for the Tory party. I don't think this whole thing has been driven by people who are cross that Theresa May was pushed out, but that has undoubtedly been a factor in this. And I think one of the dangers for the Tory party, one one, one of the reasons why I think the Tory party is in such a bad position tonight, is if Boris Johnson ends up being pushed out six months from now, there'll be another group of people who are loyal to him, who will be very cross about that, and who would find it very hard to support a leader who they thought had any role in that, you know, you look at the completely studs-up challenge that Nadine Doris launched today on Jeremy Hunt, basically saying he had left the country unprepared for the pandemic, uh, questioning some of the things he has said about his views on lockdowns, and I think that, you know, I think it is safe to say that you cannot imagine that Nadine Doris is going to go quietly into the night if Boris Johnson is is toppled. I, I think, think the, that is safe. <laughs> so, and so I think this is a problem for the Tory party, the amount of poison building up in the Tory blood Stream, And and that is going to make it very hard to pull the party back together and manage it. I think the other problem for Boris Johnson tonight is there isn't a kind of community charge or a poll tax that he can abandon to say, it's not like he can make a statement tomorrow saying, I've listened to what you've said and I realise it is X policy that is really unpopular And so I am scrapping it. You look at where these rebels come from, from Bob Neill on the former Remainer lawyer wing of the party, Steve Baker on the Brexit libertarian wing of the party. There isn't a policy solution to their problems. And I think the other problem you've got to is that there also isn't a I'm going to change the way my government works solution to the problem because he's already done that several times. And I think that is the law of diminishing marginal returns. I don't think that, you know, talk of a of a reset in how Downing Street operates is gonna cut the mustard. So I think there is a there is a difficult situation Tonight for Boris Johnson, but also a more uh, a, a difficult situation for the Tory party more broadly because you can't get round the fact that they are fundamentally split on the leadership question, and that is the most difficult question to resolve a split about in politics because you know if you're split on a policy issue, what's the tax and spend mix? You know you can come together and you can try and kind of carve out some kind of compromise that pleases people, but you know on this question. It is really about personality rather than policy. And I think one other factor is you look at some of the public statements that the, the rebels have issued, and they are now in a position where they've got to keep going in cynical terms because it is very hard to see how they stand as Conservative candidates in the next election if they don't, you know. For example, Douglas Ross and several other Scottish Conservative MPs came out tonight against the government. Don Lamont resigned as PPS to Liz Truss over it. David Mundell, the former Scottish secretary, said he was voting against it. Andrew Bowie, former PPS to Theresa May, said he was going to vote against Boris Johnson. And... I think that, you know, you can quite clearly see it's very, very difficult to see how the Scottish Conservatives go into the next Westminster election saying vote Conservative if Boris Johnson is still leader. So they are going to have to keep going. And so I just think we are, I, I, I just do not see how this resolves for the Tory party. Because even if the rebels do succeed in ousting Boris Johnson, you know, the Nadine Dorises, the Jacob Rees-Mogg's, the other Boris loyalists are not going to be happy about that. And the danger is that when the next leader hits a sticky patch, which they may well do, you know, that they start saying, well, all these problems are caused by the fact that we got rid of Boris Johnson. You
1: know? Thank you, James. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for listening. And I'm sure we'll have plenty more for you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of Coffee House Shots. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a rating and review. And to keep up to date with the world of Westminster, sign up for unrivaled insight and analysis with Isabel Hardman's Evening Blend newsletter, delivered to your inbox every weekday evening. Sign up at www.spectator.co.uk forward slash evening hyphen blend.